0: Welcome to Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio. It's a beautiful June day. It's Pride Month and we've got a fantastic show for you celebrating all things LGBTQ+. We are Roaring Twenties Radio. I'm Selena Godden and I'm here in the studio with my friend
1: Amarose
0: and Matt Abbott. And we've got an amazing show for you today. Um, we have two special guests live, live, in the, in the studio. I can see <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) them with my own eyes i am so excited i'm finding it quite difficult to control myself i'm going to do my nice posh um introduction and then um i'll introduce it to our guests. so i'll Two special guests are Joelle Taylor and Ollie Spleen. Now, Joelle Taylor is a huge voice in the spoken word scene, in the poetry scene. She's an absolute legend, and she's here to talk about her new book, Canto, and Other Poems, which is published on the 7th of June. It's a new poetry collection from the UK slam poetry champion Joelle Taylor. The female body is a political space. Canto enters the private lives of women from the butch counterculture telling the inside story of the protests they led in the 90s to reclaim their bodies as their own. Their difficult balance between survival and self-expression, history, magic, rebellion, party and sermon vibrate through Joel Taylor's cantos to uncover these underground communities forged by women. Part memoir and part conjecture, Taylor explores sexuality and gender in poetry that is lyrical, expansive, imaginative, epic and intimate. Canto is a love poem. It's a riot. It's a late night party. It's an honouring. Welcome to the show, Joelle Taylor.
1: Thank you so much.
2: Hi, I'm clapping myself. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, I've got to read that. And
1: we're also, coming up later, we're also going to be joined by Ollie.
2: And
0: Ollie Spleen is an old friend of mine. In the year 2000, aged only 22, Ollie Spleen was hospitalised and fighting for his life. I recall that time vividly. I remember the phone calls, and I remember regularly visiting Ollie in the hospital and taking him a walkman with cassette tapes and books. As Ollie recovered, he had an epiphany that he must follow his heart and right his way towards a better future. The resulting work was an astonishing debut novel, De Pravikazi, which was published in 2003 by Running Water Publications. This poetic memo- memoir sang out to me. Moving more to the present, in 2013, Ollie Spleen released his debut solo album, Fag Machine, and in 2019, the highly acclaimed Gaslight Illuminations was released early 2020 saw the covers album Flowers for Footfoot Foot, and that June a fourth album Night Sweats and Fever Dreams which was launched under lockdown June 21 2021 <laughs> sees the release of the Garden Hollow Moon the first single from the 2022 album Still Life I'm so excited to see you here today welcome to the show Ollie Spleen It's
3: so lovely to be here and so- see you all
1: again so basically we're going to be hearing in full from Joel and ollie after this track um and we're going to be hearing ollie's track the garden coming up later but first up this is peaches with boys want to be her
4: listening to roaring 20s radio on soho radio if you want to join in on the socials we are on twitter instagram and facebook it is at roaring 20s radio and the 20s is S. so please join in with your thoughts your recommendations your suggestions and your comments
0: We're very excited here today. We've got Joelle Taylor and Ollie Spleen. Welcome again to our show. It's so good to see you. So good to see you. It's
3: great to be here.
0: So how have you been? How has lockdown been? Have you been able to find uh, creativity? Have you been okay?
3: I I was lucky in that I had an album ready to release uh, beforehand, which was uh, for uh, 20 years on from my hospitalisation with HIV, AIDS-defining complications. I didn't know you could recover from AIDS. I, if I'd have died then, I'd have died of AIDS. So I had this album ready and didn't know that I'd be releasing it under the shadow of another epidemic altogether. So um, it was good. good ti- I'm not going to say good timing. <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out OK. I was at my sister's and there were lots of animals to look after. So I felt like I had a purpose and uh, mm. And I got through it, you know, I know it's been a lot harder for, 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 for many other people.
2: Yeah, I think similarly, I was um, writing two books over that time, so I knew I was going to be writing Kanto and other poems. I've also got to finish The Night Alphabet, and I, I was exhausted. Mm. I'm not saying, like, same as you, I'm not saying lockdown, the pandemic, was a good thing, but it, it felt like it gave me a moment... To return to myself and become a lot more introspective with my work and um, mm. a lot more self reflective. Even though I was writing about what is essentially a huge party, mm. I did it in a kind of um, monastic way.
0: Mm. Yes, yes, that whole slowing down and checking in with yourself is definitely something I think we've a lot of uh, creative people have had to do um, over the last 12 months. Okay, I'm going to ask you some questions now that are kind of the kind of questions that people always ask authors and artists, but I hope you'd, you'll bear with me. So, When you're making your work, um, I know your work off by heart, obviously, where we've gigged together, performed together, I've known you for many years. I'm wondering if you ever have an audience in mind when you're making your work, and has that audience changed um, in these divisive and and brutal
2: and scary times? Yes. Um, I I always write with an audience in mind. I know a lot of serious poets say, you mustn't do that, you must write for writing's sake. But for me, the purpose of poetry is connection. And a poem is a bridge, it's this empathetic bridge between people and between ideas. So writing this book, I was not necessarily thinking about a poetry audience, but more my people, my family, LGBTQ family, Mm. working class, sorry, working class book as well, so it's rooted in that history. Um, uh, Because it's it's about filling people with themselves. It's about kind of inspiring a, a strong dynamic between performer and audience, you know.
3: Mm. I often think about um, speaking to a younger self you know um, because that way um, I I can connect with um, the kind of things I would have liked to have heard that might have been a help when I was younger so I think of my nieces I think of those people that look up to me who are also um, um, part of the queer uh, family a lot of my nieces are not all of them but um, but um, when I uh, I try and you know say say a lot of the things I might have liked to have heard myself when I was Mm. less certain of of things
2: absolutely a book is so many things. You know, sometimes you open a book and it's a hole or a portal and you fall down. But this, this one I wanted to be a mirror. And mm. I think when we were growing up, particularly myself in the late 70s and 80s, when it was mm. literally illegal to be queer and it was a lot more sort of overt violence, mm. I used to hitch to Manchester to stand in this bookshop, grassroots books, just to look at, mm. at, at people like me the yeah. words like that, so I think it's a really important part of the work we do.
3: Yeah, I almost didn't believe that other gay people existed, because I was ten when uh, clause 28 came in, section 28, which, which Thatcher's uh, legislation which made it illegal to even talk about um, gay people, even in a neutral uh, way at school, um, but uh, it was considered promoting homosexuality, it was literally mm-hmm. illegal throughout the whole time I was at school, so when my sister said something like Walt Whitman, the poet, was, was gay, I was like, surely not, what, what? no one's talking about this, so it can't be true. Mm. And then I felt like I was the only person in the world with my thoughts. Yeah. It was really difficult, really there was, horrible There was times. a real
2: sense of exile, I think, for a lot of us who aren't city-based, who weren't from mm. London. Um, and we came here to find ourselves and to find each other. But we also, I came mm-hmm. here because I lost my family. Mm. And you came out as gay, that was like, it was apocalyptic, mm. you know. Yeah,
3: and the AIDS epidemic, everything mm. in the newspapers was just negative uh, negativity and, and, and a lot of... Yeah, just just awful, just awful times. Just but
2: the flip side. So I'm older than you, about ten years older. So I was mm. on the section twenty eight march in Manchester, which oh, was thank you. I <laughs> appreciate uh, uh, that. Uh, uh, you know, don't thank me. We had an amazing time. It was absolutely <laughs> sordid. It was incredible. It was incredible. Um, uh, I can't remember what I was going to say about that, <laughs> but um, you know, um, oh yeah, that was it. The, It was a time of great resistance and uprising Mm. and rebellion, and the LGBT community was one. There was a real sense of us coming together, protecting one another, and it's a sense, I feel, that we've lost. Mm. You know, which is another reason I wanted to write the book, is to remind us that, you know, when we come together, we're very strong.
3: Yes, we shouldn't be complacent now that we've got, you know, equality in marriage and, and, and other things. It doesn't mean that there still isn't a struggle
2: Yes, absolutely. That's the whole thing with, you know, you've seen the memes around Pride. Mm. So just about every corporate organisation's got a rainbow flag. Yeah. They've got a rainbow flag here, but then their business is in the Middle East, which support the, yeah. the killing Execution, of homosexual yeah. men, mm. you know, and the imprisonment of lesbians. So it, it's a kind of strange mm. time.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just
0: absorbing everything you said. I mean, it's like I could just listen to you two talking for ages. It's just brilliant. It's just brilliant to see you and to hear you talking. So just a, a really sort of basic kind of question here, probably one you've been asked be- uh, lots before. Um, who were your influences? Who were your heroes? You just described um, hitchhiking to this bookshop. Do you remember who any of those authors were? Or, or music-wise, who, who sort of really influenced you? I mean... To, I, be, to be so brave
2: as well, uh, hey? Yeah, I mean, for me, um, spare rib was a huge thing and um, it might sound like quite a, a kind of a kind of shallow magazine, well it wasn't shallow, it, it was the first magazine where there were women with no hair, you know, and no makeup on who kind of looked like me, talking about things that were not about being lesbian but surrounding, it, you like to be human, you know not just your sexuality or your gender, but a full and rounded human. Um, so, I mean, I loved the work of uh, Leslie Feinberg, Stone Butch Blues, was a really influential book. Um, Adrian Rich, all that poetry really sustained mm-hmm. me. Sue Freeman, people don't talk about, who's um, a lesbian playwright, and I was, like, 16 when Sue Freeman's show came to bake up in Lancashire. And there was about three people in the audience. Mm. I was one, like, gibbering because it was about lesbians. (laughs) (laughs) And that was absolutely transformational.
3: Mm. Well, uh, I've, I've, the other thing I, with uh, Clause 28 was that, you know, not talking about sexuality at all at school, and then in the e- evening you would put on top of the pops and literally everyone was gay, like <laughs> Boy George <laughs> and Eurasia, the Pet Shop Boys, exactly. and um, Jimmy Somerville, who I've, uh, who, I, who DJ'd at one of my earliest gigs and became a friend for a, for a time, and he inspired the opening track on Night Sweats and Fever Dreams. Um, so there was this real... Um, Disconnect between the, the what the the absence of, of talk about hom- homosexuality even existing, and and seeing it uh, in the culture and the music, which I think you mm. get, which was which was more rich uh, then than, than it seems to be now. As as far as the literary side, my dad was was a fan of the Beats. He he was uh, he was a, a quite a f- couple of generations older and um, an aspiring writer. Ended up writing for Jackie magazine. But he did model himself on Jack Kerouac in the 50s when he was young. But he used to say he he went through a period of being homophobic, which um, we made up. before, before he passed away. Um, but he used to say, oh, um, I, I used to love that Jack character. I found out he was bisexual. Couldn't read his books after that. Wow. And he said um, Naked Lunch was the one book that he wouldn't have on the shelf. So, of course, I had to read it. <laughs> that, <And> book,
2: <laughs> that book is a life changer. That's the most extraordinary piece of work.
3: Yeah, I actually, he did point me in, in the direction of a lot of things that he was just disapproving of. And it made me gravitate towards them. But later on, it was uh, Rambo and Walt Whitman and James Baldwin, and um, and uh, and people like that. Uh, Oscar Wilde uh, probably goes without saying. But
0: marvelous, marvelous.
1: Yeah. All right. Wonderful. So basically, we have next up. We um, we have a track by Ollie And uh, would you like to introduce this song by yourself?
3: Uh, this is the first uh, single from uh, from. Still Life, the, the album which will be coming out next year and it's called The Garden.
1: Okay, here's The Garden.
3: Once I dreamed of a garden Whose fountains brimmed with wine Whose emerald hills and pastures Who swung a while is ivory? Whose harvests rides A great future stretched before me And I ran and reached each goal And my soul was high on dreaming And my heart knew all A great future stretched
5: God
1: back this is roaring 20s radio on soho radio and that was anna Calvi with hunter you've just heard um ollie spleen and joelle taylor sharing a, an amazing conversation which you can of course listen back to if you missed it on our podcast which you can find on the soho radio mix cloud next up we've got matt abbott who's going to be talking to us about a really exciting project that he's been working on secretly for yeah. a while, and his usual poetry roundup. Hey, Matt.
4: Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm very excited about this. Um, I wasn't able to mention it last month because we've not announced it yet. But the disarm hate poetry project is the biggest one I've ever done with my record label. Woo-hoo! Um, yeah. And we're going to have some. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, we're going to have some world exclusive clips which have never been heard anywhere publicly um, coming up. I'm going to do my roundup first and then that will lead naturally into the disarm hate chat and I'm very very uh, honoured and proud that Ollie and Joelle both feature on the album as well so I'll tell you more about that. I'm going to give you a quick roundup. Uh, usually it's from the world of spoken word poetry, this month in particular it is LGBTQ uh, events, contents and releases so the five events I've picked out uh, up first on Thursday the 10th of June at 6pm Dean Atter is doing a free reading and Q&A for Gloucestershire Libraries and Literature Works so follow Dean Atter for details on that. Um, on Wednesday the 16th of June at 7pm uh, Leo Boo and Andrew McMillan are doing a reading for London Review Bookshop tickets are 5 10 or £15 pounds, depending on your income. Uh, the third event on Thursday the 17th of June at 2pm BST. Uh, it's an American event. It's it's produced by the Asian American Writers Workshop. It's called Mouth to Mouth, which is an open mic and showcase specifically for queer and trans BIPOC poets. And it's hosted by Kay Ulandai Barrett. Uh, it's on Zoom and it's going to be live interpreted ASL. So that's, that's something to check out on Thursday the 17th. Um, number four. I'm hosting some workshops as part of a Disarm Hate project on the 28th and 30th of June. They're not on sale yet. They'll be on sale next week. But if you're interested, these are two workshops for LGBTQ writers to shape their response to the Orlando massacre, um, which uh, the anniversary is coming up next weekend. Um, So we're inviting people to join these workshops. Joel ran the first one a few weeks ago. The next two are on the 28th and 30th of June. So stick those dates in your diary if you're interested. And then finally, uh, in July... I don't know how to pronounce this, but I'm going to try. It's O-O-I-P-P. How else would you say that? O-O-I-P-P. It's the one-off Independent Poetry Press Festival, which uh, is a showcase for 15 of the UK's best independent poetry presses from the 19th to the 25th of July. It's free. Um, And these presses have been vital in terms of creating a space for a lot of LGBTQ poets who maybe looked at the mainstream poetry world and didn't see a place for them to naturally slot in. So a lot of these publishers, Outspoken, Bad Betty, Burning Eye, Verve, have been really vital in terms of creating those spaces and giving those platforms. Uh, in terms of content for you to check out, Reese Lyons wrote a, a podcast for the Broccoli Productions Anthems podcast. It's a poetic essay on the link between quantum physics and gender and it's absolutely fascinating. Uh, there was a Q&A with Joelle on the Albany website, which was really great, a great read. Uh, Lisa Lux and Rosemary Baker, their lesbian uh, random acts, uh, sorry, <laughs> channel four random acts film called Lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> it's the order I've written it here. Yeah, it's yeah. called Lesbian. Yeah. They're in their lesbian random the thing. <laughs> no, sorry, the channel four random acts film called Lesbian. It came out a few years ago, but it's been on the channel four homepage recently. And if you've not seen it before, you should definitely check that out um buddy wakefield uh, has released a film of a choir of honest killers live in la it's the only full-length concert video from 20 years of performing that's on buddywakefield.com, and then also kai isaiah jamal um this isn't new but it's something you should check out it's in vice and it's a hundred easy ways to make the world better for trans people so it's a really fascinating uh, and informative list of things to do um to make the world better for trans people. And then in terms of releases, so Emmanuel Xavier has just released Selected Poems, that came out on the 1st of June with Queer Mojo. Um, Black Girl Call Home by Jasmine Manns, that came out on Penguin Random House last month. Andrew McMillan's third collection, Pandemonium, also came out on Penguin last month. Robert Garnham released Yay! on Burning Eye last hmm. month uh, and then finally the Disarm Hate album which I'm going to speak about now that comes out on the 12th of June uh, which is a week today which is terrifying woo! and exciting Countdown. <laughs> so basically um Yeah, on the 12th of June, next Saturday, it's the five-year anniversary of the Orlando massacre. Um, And I was contacted last summer by a production company in LA who'd followed a group of LGBTQ activists. So they went on a road trip from LA to Washington DC with the aim of putting on a rally called Disarm Hate. Uh, they had no real uh, experience of political organisation. They didn't really have any great hopes for it. Um, but a production company decided to make a documentary following them on this road trip from LA to DC. Thousands and thousands of people turned up at the rally. It was an incredible event. It was it was phenomenal what they achieved. Um, and basically, the, uh, a music producer who'd written the soundtrack contacted me and said, I've made an album with clips from the documentary layered over my music. Would you be up for releasing it? And I said I would, but what? I, because we're a poetry label, what I would like to do would be to put in a funding bid and commission 16 of the world's leading LGBTQ poets to write a response. And then the album intersperses between interview clips and poems in response. The first bid was unsuccessful. I tweaked it a bit, rang the arts council, said, rang the arts council, and said, "What are you doing?" <laughs> the second, <laughs> the second bid was successful. Um, and yeah, these poems are just incredible. I'm so humbled and and uh, and honoured and proud to be releasing this. It's really important for me that my label Nimson Fugs um, documents these times and creates a space for people to respond and resist. Um, and this album is called We Will Keep On. It's it's incredible. It's coming out on two LP gatefold vinyl later in the summer, but it's going to be out on download on the 12th to mark the five year anniversary of the, of the massacre. Um, and the disarm hate documentaries on amazon and other less tax dodgy streaming sites so you should definitely mm. check that out um but we're going to have a couple of clips from it um the first one i want to play is a poem by emmanuel xavier who is a leading lgbtq activist and also of latinx heritage uh, puerto rican heritage specifically because 90 percent of the victims of the pulse uh, orlando shooting were of uh, latinx heritage and in particular puerto rican heritage so it was vital for me that emmanuel Um, was on this album I was honored when he accepted it and this is uh, his poem which is called Pulse.
6: Pulse for Omar Mateen. We will keep on smiling from the dance floor and we will keep on smiling from the bar and we will keep on loving without limits and when we do we promise you we will not do it in fear from faiths which hate us or concealed from spouses only wed for appearances while living in denial. Yes, you may think it's a sin, but we promise, whatever God you pray to, his or her their only mistake is not those who find ecstasy in the music, truth in their gender, or love in one another, but those who slaughter, silence screams regardless of language, especially those who murder by the dozens and attempt to harm even more. You claim not to have a problem with black people, yet you left us all, brown like you, strange fruits scattered on the dance floor? We will keep on smiling, and we will do it the same way all of God's children do, even as they keep trying to take away our rights or sending us back to other countries. This is our America, too. We promise we know hatred, white supremacy, and bombings, too. Yet we will never forget, love is love is love. A family can come together to heal. A beautiful smile can emerge from a photograph for years to come. Your bullets will never erase our memories. We will keep on smiling. We will keep on loving in spite of you. So that was um, yeah, Emmanuel Xavier's
4: poem, which uh, all, all of these... Yeah, it is, isn't it? It really is. Absolutely brilliant. I love that. Thank you. Um, yeah, the response... I mean, when you write something down in on paper on, and then when you create a spreadsheet and a funding bid, you always have an idea of what, how it's going to turn out. But when these poems started coming in, like I just, it absolutely floored me, to be honest. Um, and, well, as I said earlier, uh, Joelle and Ollie both feature on the album. So would you both be happy just to chat for a second about how your
3: experience of writing mm, it? Absolutely, yeah. It was a real honour to be asked.
2: Yeah, 100%. Because you're holding something, um, the grief of a whole community. You're yeah. holding that moment and you have to access your own grief within yeah. that and yeah. find a space, you know. Um, but it's, it was, um, I think, such an important project and, a, yeah, a joyful thing to do.
3: Mm. It's the first time I've been back in uh, London for for at least two years and um, I was in Soho in 99 at the time of the um, nail bombing which uh, they've recently released a documentary about I was across the road at Comptons I I often go to...
2: um, I was on Wardour Street
3: (laughs) I often often go to to the Admiral Duncan and... um, and I don't know if I was in there that that day. It's it's a bit of a blur, to be honest. I just remember them saying that there had been a, a bomb planted and seeing the, the documentary about that recently really uh, brought it all back. But.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I just remember that day that, it, that the message, that someone had gone blown yeah. up at the Emerald Dung, coming through the, the butch biker. The courier bike you know the butch dykes mm. would drive the motorbikes delivering all their sort of parcels and stuff and it came through on their radio so very quickly it hit mm. everybody and i think disarm hate the the album um speaks into into that collective mm. you know that collective grief and but uh, but also collective uprising mm. i know in know. the case
3: of the 1999 uh, it was yeah um Bombs that bombs. It really brought communities together because they first of all targeted um, called uh, 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 so Brixton and, um, and then um, Brick Lane Brick Lanes and, and then and then uh, uh, the, the gay community. So instead of dividing people, it, it brought it brought people together.
2: In terms of the writing process for the album, um, we watched the film. I watched Mm, the film Disarm Hate and it was so inspiring, particularly at a time when there's so much disruption in the Rainbow Family and there's so much squabbling going on that you get all these disparate members of the LGBTQ community, Mm. all the alphabetis, together on a coach. um, And there are arguments Mm -hmm. on that journey, of course there are, but there's also love breaks out on the coach as well, you know, which is really inspiring. Um, Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've always, I've always had lesbians, and, and more, you know, d- not. I don't surround myself with just gay uh, men at, at all, really. I, I, I have a lot of lesbians in my family, and I feel a real affinity with them. I've got lots of transgender friends, and, Yes, um, exactly. So these are my people. I, d- yeah. um, so, um, I, I really think anything that brings us together i mean anything that seeks to divide us or hopefully just strengthen us but it's 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 you know it it's was what an happened awful, last awful last thing.
2: time the last time there was such a vicious attack <coughs> on the whole community um, and let's say put it in context the context is that a third of poland has now an lgbt free zone mm. you know mm. the context is we're 5 hours away from chechnya that they they're um, killing homosexuals in Ghana and in Uganda there's corrective rapes all over South Africa we're in a really difficult time
4: Mm. yeah absolutely and um, the Orlando the five year anniversary of Orlando I just uh, it's obviously it's not an anniversary to be celebrated but it cannot be an anniversary to be ignored and I just wanted to create a space with this album where uh, the 16 poets were, were brought together with the activists on the documentary and then with the workshops we're inviting more and more people to mm-hmm. respond and I just wanted to create a space for people to well to respond to it basically and engage with it and learn about it and also people who maybe aren't members of the LGBTQ community to just hear these stories and, yeah. and just really you know grateful
2: for yeah, this, really Matt, I think the whole community be, is so grateful that you yeah. you've done this for this us and got this together comes. and worked so hard mm. well
4: I'm honoured that they got in touch, to be honest, and, and, and sort of um, brought the documentary to me and asked what I could do with it. And what I want to do now is just play a clip called Introductions, which is just the people from the documentary just sort of introducing themselves, just to get an idea. My name is Alexis Sanchez and I'm
5: transgender. Now that I've finally come out in transition, I'm comfortable in my skin and like I laugh and I'm happy for the first time in my life.
6: I'm Chris Bland, originally from Virginia and now live in Los Angeles. I work in retail, also have a long time history of being a, an LGBT and HIV activist.
5: I'm Joey Giandla. I was born gay. <laughs> yes, I'm gay. I was often challenged being out in the world. I was not as easily accepted.
1: I'm Dusty. I am a lesbian. I have a card in my wallet that says, I am a lesbian.
6: I am Donato Crowley. Been living in Los Angeles since I was 22 years old. I came here pursuing my dream of acting and I am very gay <laughs> um, and proud of it.
1: My name is Michelle Haro. I'm from Bakersfield, California. Before I knew I was lesbian, before I could put a word to it, before I could understand it, the community was there for me already.
4: Asher Glynn, I'm from Los Angeles, California. Being bisexual with a wife and a family, having a color
6: bangled pride hat on, uh, is interesting. The looks that I get, uh, the interactions and the whispers that go on, um, but today I'm not uncomfortable with
7: that.
8: I'm Rachel Fisher, I'm from Los Angeles. I'm a
2: bisexual, I have been out for about 10 years. I spend a lot more time within the gay community and and the LGBT community in general. That's where I personally have felt comfortable most of my life.
7: I've been living trans for 14 years. I am an activist and an advocate. I'm one of those people that I can't see myself standing by why all of these things are taking place. So my life, I've dedicated to speaking out and, and being that voice.
4: That, that was just one of the the tracks that comes from the documentary. Um, you should check that out. It's called Disarm Hate. As I said, it's on uh, lots of different streaming sites. If you just Google Disarm Hate, um, there's going to be a Pulse Museum um, opening in Florida later on in the year. And the album, uh, the copies of the vinyl will be in that museum, wow. forming wow. part of the response because the documentary's got a space. Profits from the album have been split between Contigo Fund in Florida and also Stonewall in the UK. Um, so just check it out. If you just Google Disarm Hate, um on google disarm hit poetry you'll see um the album's available to pre-order as i say it's going to be coming out on the 12th of june and what we're going to do now is uh, we're just going to play two of the poems from the album um Two more poems. The first poem is by Ella Otomewo, who is from Manchester, who is a fantastic uh, activist and facilitator and educator, and obviously a wonderful poet as well. Um, she's a member of the um, Young Identity Collective. And then after Ella, Ella Otomewo is Patrizia Longitano, who was born in Brazil and then spent a lot of time living in Italy and now lives in the UK, a member of the Latinx community, and Patricia is just such a wonderful voice and a, a wonderful activist. So we'll have Ella Otomewo, followed by Patricia. Longitano, Longitano.
7: Give a man a gun and he'll learn to shoot and kill. Call it self-defense and swear he's never felt the thrill of clasping steel shaped like life and death, wielding in his hands the cold weight of filthy power as he strolls through stolen lands. Give a man a gun and he's desensitized to terror until it sometimes looks like pleasure. And then the pleasure looks like terror, like their pleasure looked like terror, like their pleasure made him terrified, like he was terrified. It was the pleasure. It must have been the pleasure that killed them, not us, not our terror, not our hate, not our fear of the debate that we might tear up and shake with rage and share what we've learned in our numbered days and say you don't know while they cry help me see and she says this is how it is and he says that wasn't me you might hold your tongue while they clench their fists and while he feels anxiety like dodging several balled up fists she might say i was raising placards while you learnt to eat and shit they might say we had to hide while you shone the light i was there ready and waiting for the fight Give a man a gun. Go on. Put it in his hand. Let him draw the line of fire and earn the reprimand. Let him draw the gun. Let him draw the line, then cross it. Call it self-defence and swear he's never felt the thrill of clasping steel shaped like life and death.
9: Oh, the places you go. Eating a candy bracelet from her wrist thinking how you pretend not to hate marshmallows when later she'll offer you some. We'll take back our nights, draw maps of our own, messy reproductions of cities, fields and rivers. Birth, we call home, corners which hold tears. Suddenly you're six, pretending to be a boy, so that you... And your friend, with the long lashes, can kiss before her mom comes in. Too many dangers to be saved from. The worst one is to be forgotten. We draw the borders of our memories. Your mother's chuckling. She won't buy you that kind of male underwear. Otherwise, you'll be one of those. We'll be throwing crumbs on our path to the next Hansel and Gretel lost in the woods. We'll recognize each other in long embraces. In this summer of hope, I find you soaking up sun, a red clover in your mouth, your eyes closed. We will reimagine being witches conquering and navigating streets where, once they spat at us and hanged us. To the ones who tried to erase us, colonize the language with Polari, rebirth romantic dying languages. Each crossroad will erect statues of Sappho, Oscar Wilde, Masha P., and Jens Baldwin. If it's true that Tech means library, we will rebuild discotheques held by telemons and caryatids, with sculpted faces of our lost comrades so let's dance and dance even more until the after party will become day on our way back home in the uber you reach for my hand while falling asleep
1: back. You're listening to Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio, and I'm Al Rose. Um, I'm just gonna talk to you a little bit about London Gallery Weekend. Basically, there are gallery weekends that happen all over the world. I've been to I've been to gallery weekends in Warsaw and Berlin. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um there's never been a London gallery weekend, and that's mainly because this is an international city that hosts lots of international events. I think Mayfair at the moment has more galleries um more densely populated galleries than anywhere else in the whole world and so the art but a lot of the galleries are international you know in a way, the success story of the London art world means there is no Lond- there has been no need for a London gallery weekend with people coming for freeze and masterpiece art Fair and all these different events throughout the year. There has been something similar in Condo, which is more of an upstart kind of international art fair, which has seen um, emerging galleries host other emerging galleries at the beginning of the year. But this is something far more institutional. We've got Blue Chip. It's huge. Taking part in London Gallery Weekend this weekend are 139 galleries across the city. And there's a programme, yesterday was central, today is South London and tomorrow is East and basically you need to book in but if you go to www.londongalleryweekend.com you can um, find all the links you need and the maps and the routes and there's been routes curated by some really interesting people um, across the art world so artists, curators, um, uh, institutional directors and and the deputy mayor, it, as it, they've curated routes around London, around these galleries, which are hosting events, talks, tours, inside and outside, obviously COVID safe. And um, it's a huge event. And there are some really, really, really fantastic shows that you can see. One um, one show that I managed to see yesterday was Layla I'm sorry, I don't want to mispronounce her surname, Bab- Babire, Babire, and she is um showing amazing um almost monumental size some of them ceramics really huge ceramics at Stephen Friedman Gallery um in central London and so that's worth looking up also at Stephen Friedman is a Yinka Shonibare um exhibition really different stuff so he's done some fabric works fabric kind of paintings and those who know his work will know he does a lot of kind of sculpture with um kind of dutch african fabric and they often don't have it's going to sound weird they don't have heads a lot of them this is a departure these are carved wood with the same beautiful kind of colors and patterns that you would associate with his work but They have heads now and he's done There's a film section of the show and everything. It's quite a departure and it's very interesting. And they also have Marina Adams selection of work on paper. Um, If you did want to go to Mayfair, we're in Soho. There are lots of great shows. There's a wonderful show at Goodman Gallery. And you could just, the the great thing about London Gallery weekend, you can go up Davies Street, you can pop in and out. You can see a whole selection of shows, um, which is really interesting. Basically, if you wanted to dive into what's happening for the South London section today, um, I would go to the the London Gallery weekend website and look at the events there and book in. And tomorrow is East, and so um, we all know. So that's stretching from Shoreditch down to, um, kind of guess, down to Cambridge Heath Road and across East London. massive selection of different events, yeah, inside and outside shows and performances so go and take part i think this is a real coming together what i sensed on the streets yesterday was this is a real coming together of an industry and a group of people like so many industries has been massively affected by covid and hasn't been able to come together and while there are many issues in and out of the art world the wonderful thing across these shows is over the course of the last few years you can really see the representation LGBTQ+, artists of colour, non-Western narratives, it's coming out. I mean, we have Michael Armitage, who is a mixed-race British artist, young. He has a show at the Royal Academy. So there's, in a way, with all this opening up, there is an opening up to... I'm not saying the whole world has changed. It clearly hasn't. There are a lot of issues. But across the art world, representation is better, and that's nice to see. But I'll be talking more about that after um this track this is a track by the late great sophie this is immaterial with immaterial Um, and picking up on my point um, that I was talking about just before we played that great track um, basically everything's got more inclusive you can't within the arts and more representative and obviously you can't deny that that's a good thing but I wanted to also highlight that there is there are always going to be subcultures there is you still have to look left of centre um metaphorically not politically to (laughs) to (laughs) see certain things in certain communities not everyone is part of the mainstream still um and it's not to say that mainstream is better but you don't rely on don't rely on that to hear every story no matter how inclusive things seem to be is kind of what i was thinking when i went to cubit yesterday cubit is a um It's it's kind of a studio, artist-run space um, that came up during, I think, um, the mid-90s. I think mainly fully established in the mid-90s. And um, they have um, a programme for emerging curators. um, They have studio space. They have an exhibition space. And it's right in the heart of London. It's in Islington, central Islington, um, in N1, in the Angel. And they basically have at the moment I think we mentioned it before we've mo- we mentioned languid hands who have been curating who've been doing the curating um residency there um over the last year I think I'm just trying to things have been moved around because of the pandemic but basically part, as part of um their year long residency as curators um Amadou Archival Sensoria has opened meant to be opened in February and it actually opened on the 20th of May. Basically Amadou's personal archive has been is kind of mixed with photographic portraits um, focusing on black queer legacies and black queer Britain. Um, I'll read you a little bit about him. So drawing on his personal archive collected over his 30-year career as well as previously unex unexhibited contact sheets, personal photos, and community documentation. This show is a celebration of black queer life and a visual tribute to the generative creativity of LGBTQ plus and gender non-conforming lives. It's wonderful to see his contact sheets, which not many photographers will share. There's beautiful contact sheets, portraits he's done over the years. I mean, we're going through the 80s and up to now. And um, most of the portraits are taken of people now, of people of all ages, all genders. And um, there's also a room, a kind of dark room themed room with a, a series of erotic images in there, which are incredibly beautiful, kind of tender Um, images and um, you can go and enjoy that. And there's an amazing kind of house soundtrack which bonds everything together. There are also vitrines filled with um, items from Amadou's life um, that he's collected over the years and so kind of like photographs, keepsakes, gifts, erotica, just kind of there sitting in the space, all kind of glued together with this kind of really fantastic... um, soundtrack um yeah it's a really really wonderful um it's a really really wonderful show and i think it's also uh not part of gallery weekend it wouldn't be this is not a, it's not a commercial gallery cubit but as well a timely reminder that while everything is becoming more inclusive you still need to look left of center sometimes and um this is a great place to look if you're looking to do that and a really kind of lovely exhibition and I think there are not many, it, it struck me when I was in there that there aren't really that many artistic explorations of black love, black queer love. The explicitness mate and coupled with that lack of platforming made it a very kind of moving, tender experience. I uh, really enjoyed the show. So that's Qubit, and it's an Islington angel and you can look up, uh, find out more about the studio spaces the um curatorial program and the shows at cubit t artists.org.uk right now we will be um turning over to joan jett and the black hearts and after that we've got selena's book roundup brace yourselves
8: <laughs> <laughs> uh. <sighs>
0: Joan Jett playing on Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio. Um, Thank you very much for tuning in. If you want to tweet along, you'll find us on Twitter at Roaring Twenties Radio. And you'll also find us on Instagram and Facebook um, with with a big roar. Okay, so we're roaring for pride. It's pride, it's June, it's summer, it's sunny. I'm in Soho. So for the book roundup this month, I thought I would just do your essential... LGBTQ plus reads or some of these books are new some of them are my favorite some of them are classics some of them are authors that I follow some of them are authors that I'm interested in that I've ordered their books and their books are coming soon so it's a big old list get your pen and I start with Lisa Lux fetch your mother's heart that's out now with outspoken press next I'm interested in Daisy Jones her title is amazing all the things she said everything I know about modern lesbian and by culture, if you're interested in I did that title. It's like, okay, I'm going to buy that. Um, a fantastic audiobook, but also obviously a winner of all prizes is Douglas Stewart, Shuggy Bane. Um, I did that book on audiobook um, and it's so dramatic, uh, heartbreaking, and beautiful. So check that out. Um, Niven Govindan, big favourite on this show, both uh, all of Niven's books, actually, but most recently, Diary of a Film and also This Brutal House. On my to-be-read next pile and, and that I'm really interested in is Rivers Solomon, Sorrowland. Look out for that. I think that looks great. And then, of course, the legendary Jackie Kay. Her latest book is about Bessie Smith and that's just fantastic. Love a bit of Jackie Kay, love a bit of Bessie Smith. That's just brilliant. James Baldwin, a classic that's been mentioned a few times. Go Tell It On A Mountain is a good book to start with. Also, got a lot of love for Giovanni's Room, so I couldn't choose so I'm mentioning both of those. Danes Smith, Don't Call Us Dead is a another fantastic book that's on my list and then going to another classic here I'm coming in with Virginia Woolf Orlando beautiful book Casey Plett Little Fish is a good one and Juno Dawson The Gender Games and this book is Gay Classics Rhiannon Stiles has a new book out The New Girl A Trans Girl Tells It Like It Is Um, and that just looks incredible haven't read it yet but I've ordered it and also new one for me Geordie Rosenberg Confessions of the Fox Ocean Viong um, On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous it's a beautiful book I'm seeing that book flying everywhere actually it's all over Instagram it's a beautiful book, beautiful author um, going more to the classics here we've got Audrey Lord um, personally I'm into or oh, I've just been reading the cancer journals but also please check out Sister Outrider and your silence will not protect you Um, Bell Bell Hooks also another big favourite of mine All About Love is a book that's never that's always next to my bed Jeanette Winterson Oranges Are Not the Only Fruit someone tweeted that um, and wanted me to mention it also on my list okay Michelle T Black Wave Nightwood by Dejana Barnes, Nicole, Dennis, Ben um, Patsy, Patricia Highsmith, Carol, Joel Taylor's Cunto <laughs> and Oscar Wilde, uh, that Ollie mentioned earlier, The Picture of Dorian Gray Everything by Tove Janssen Anna Bailey, Tall Bones Dean Atter, The Black Flamingo, that book's just doing so well, so congratulations to Dean Atter, um, we actually need to get him on this show, it's really good, really good, Edmund White, The Stonewall Reader, Paul Mendes, Rainbow Milk, another fantastic book Brandon Taylor Filthy Animals, Robert Jones Jr The Prophets, Tori Peters D-Transition Baby, Kerry Hume The Bone People Marlon James, A Brief History of Seven Killings. And then the latest one is Black Leopard, Red Wolf. I couldn't choose which, so I'm mentioning both. Jenny Fagan, um, The Sunlit Pilgrims, is, a, is an incredible book. And I'm wearing the T-shirt, um, Trans Pride Colouring Book by my friend Fox Fisher. Um, I'm very, very proud to be wearing a T-shirt by Fox Fisher. Find Fox on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, Fox is also in this amazing anthology which is um, out now. I think it's... I think it's out, out this month. And the title of the anthology is We Can Do Better Than This 35 Voices on the Future of LGBTQ Rights. And it includes my lovely Fox, Fish, Fox Fisher. And it's also got Travis Alabanza, who I love, Beth Ditto, Madison Moore, Juliet Jacks, Peppermint, Ollie Alexander, and all these amazing people. And so I just, uh, you know, there's an anthology. So there's a juicy, great, big, lovely list of books there. There's so many anyone could go on and on read diversely read more queer um for pride 2021 so um i'm just uh, going to just th- open the mic up now is there anything that anyone wants to tell our listeners about anything that, that you think is the book of the summer or is there anything you've been listening to any podcasts or any documentaries you want to tell our listeners
2: about yeah i mean sticking on the theme i watched um, a documentary called welcome to chechnya um, which is probably the most harrowing thing I've ever watched. I think it's about two hours in length, but it took me two days to watch it all. I was watching it by myself while I was, you know, in the process of writing this book, and it's um, it's really terrifying what is happening to LGBT people just five hours' flight away from here. Yeah. It's very close to us. Um, so it was a really... viewed in tandem with the Disarm Hate documentary, it was a real wake up call to me you know that we really all of us need to start paying attention but apart from that i mean bedtime what's it called bedtime stories for the end of the world podcast is coming out and i know that sounds really apocalyptic it's in the title but it's like one of my favorite Mm. projects where they reimagine um ancient myths for the 21st century so that's my big recommendation (laughs) well that sounds really good
3: Not very current at all, but I've been revisiting Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass for my um, album Still Life, getting a lot of inspiration from the poems within, particularly the one, uh, This Compost. And I'm thinking of maybe ha- having clips of, 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 of some excerpts of that. But it was really a foundation stone. I think he kind of gave a lot of per- people permission to be queer in the, mm. well, the 1850s, talking about the body, talking about sexuality in such a raw and real way. And he was very much uh, of the left field then. Um, he wasn't part of the poetry establishment. He was a real outsider. As, as far as uh, documentaries, um, the, I'm very proud to have contributed to the uh, polystyrene documentary, oh, I'm a Cliché, um, yeah. which I see poly and x-ray specs as kind of where I come from. as as well as yourself, uh, both kind of geographically and culturally, really. I started in punk and I come from Hastings and that's where X-Ray Specs formed. And um, I I know you were there on my 40th birthday where um, my band Pink Narcissus got to do a bondage up yours across the road from uh, where X-Ray Specs formed around the time I was born as well. So um, that was a real kind of closing. So I I think it was four years ago that I I put in the first... um, um, one of the first uh, donations t- towards this um, wonderful documentary, which is which is which came out under lockdown, sadly. So, so there were no um, great premieres and all of this stuff that was uh, promised. But, but it was
1: interesting, wasn't it? Because her daughter
3: worked on it, Celeste. Yeah, Celeste yeah. is a friend of of mine on Facebook. I, I, we've been chatting throughout the whole process. So I hope to meet her in in the real world uh, soon. Um, but I know her her view of her mother is quite different to the to the public view. Um
0: Did you um did you say there's a viewing going to be in Hastings and we're going is. to go together I, aren't
3: we? Yeah, I think oh I have to look at that. I think that there's a, as far as I know, I think it's June the uh, July the 7th or something. Ooh, um okay. but I don't know if it's confirmed yet. Okay. Well, uh, oh well, no the 3rd, July the 3rd in Hastings possibly. Okay. <laughs> All
0: right, well, so there's some lovely things for you to read, lovely things for you to watch, lovely things for you to listen to. Actually, let's have some music. What we got next, Rose?
1: All right, now we're going to have the wonderful Grace Jones with Slave to the Rhythm. This is a special request from Selena for the show.
0: Indeed it is. Let's have it now. (laughs) I have a
1: grandfather
10: on my father's side. He's 95 years old. His great-grandfather came from Nigeria, from the Igbo tribe. I don't look like my mother, and I don't look like my father. I look exactly like my grandfather. I act like him. Do you act all the time? Mmm, not all the time, no. It up. Never stop. Never stop. Keep it up.
0: I love her so much. That's Grace Jones on Roaring Twenties Radio on Soho Radio. It's now my great privilege to introduce Joelle Taylor. She's going to give us a poem live in studio. Um, This is from her book, which is um, out on the 7th of June, Canto and Other Poems, published by Saki Books. Take it away, Joelle Taylor. So these
2: are the opening cantos of the book. Some girls fall from sunlit skies straight down into flat pack floral dresses grab their smiles from a hook behind the door rescue their faces from riptides of mirrors Some girls are always falling Round one The body as battleground You fall And miss your body entirely Land somewhere in enemy territory Behind the lines Your body a foreign country You cannot get a visa for Your skin a parachute caught in tree branches You awaken in no man's land Gunfire from over the horizon And women are crucified on hashtags across the dark hills. Your trench is crowded with dead women wearing faces that try to escape them and the clothes of someone you once knew. There are landmines buried deep beneath your skin and no one understands them. In between the battle cry and the bedroom is this sticky quiet, this no man's land. Men explode when you least expect it. You will spend a lifetime searching for your body. Round two. The body as protest. Born backward. Bright back and wide. Skinned rolling cigarettes and shirt sleeves. Skyline chin. Levi 501s and lips curled up to cough. White t-shirt that they may project themselves on you. Tsunami quiff a shadow rising above the dreaming town and black boots whose roots spread and tangle through the center of the earth you don't wear makeup to prove you have not made anything up this is your face Your father's friends gave it to you one Christmas Eve 1973. You unwrap it beneath a decorated tree from which the rest of your family hang. They sip cocktails as you slowly disappear, swaying gently to the wail of celebration that harbinger of party. You cut your first suit from the thick silence when you enter a room. They call you Butch, the name derived from Butch, Cassidy, you are a descendant of outlaws, outlaws, irony incarnate, woman butchered, cut into select meats, middle distance stare, breast, shoulder, wild tongue, they fear you, boy, bois dyke. Diesel female sodomite, lady faggot bulldike, bulldagger queer pervert, gold star silverback stud invert, kiki she male drag drone, baby butch tomboy stone. But if you are a stone, you are a chip off the mountain, and you join an avalanche of wrong walking women, shaven heads like tumbling rocks. You keep them close they are. Rosary On the dance floor. We are tidal, heckle the night, batting nods between us and handshakes that stop our hands shaking. We are untamed, a wilderness of women. We are waste ground, what a waste love. Nothing grows on us, barren and sterile and unuseful female, empty as church pews. The wind rattles its fists inside our wombs. Come on then, snake boy. Come now, heretic healer. Where are the maths that solve us? How do we fit into your algae, bra, your binary code? Our bodies are political placards and we dance as demonstration that you do not own us. It is revolution in the living room, uprising in the public toilets, insurgency in the suburbs. Fear us, I told you. Fear is a girl backing into her face. Is it we're not camp enough to be your best friend? Our closet, a strata of fossilised clothes, gold pelt. Is it we're not funny enough for your talk show, bruv? Is it that a woman without makeup is a woman without a face? How were we to know that when we were cleansing, we were erasing our whole existence?
1: Thanks, Joelle. That was absolutely oh, wow. wonderful.
0: I wasn't sure clap. Oh yeah. my god, that's absolutely <laughs> stunning. Yeah, Thank you so much, Joel. Thank right. you. Next
1: up, we have a track. We have Chili Palmer with East End Boys.
0: Thank you. Swipe to
5: the right. Then you hit me up. Let me fix the time When I can call you up. And then we truck for hours night after night And then we fix the date on a Friday night I don't have any work It's where I start on the Rallis road By the overground I meet you by the Pearl And then we take a walk down to the side of the canal. You're my Eastern lover, you're my Eastern boy We just came together, gonna make some joy You know I don't own you, this is something real You know I won't hurt you, you know how I feel There'll be time forever, don't want there to be no lie Cause this feels so good for now you're the pride, For now it's our time For now we're alive We're making our move We're feeling the vibe tonight This email It's on, it's on, it's on. Feel you, want you, I breathe you, I touch you now. Get the night bus home, take a chance on love. Don't wanna be alone. Ever. You're my eastern boy We just came together Gonna make some joy You know I don't own you This is something real You know I won't hurt you You know how I won't feel There'll be time forever Don't want it to be no lie Cause this feels so good for now you're the prize For now it's our time For now we're alive We're making our move We're feeling the vibe tonight
1: To Soho Radio, uh, you're listening to Roaring Twenties Radio with Amarose Abrams, Matt Abbott, Selena Godden, and our wonderful guests Joelle Taylor and Ollie Spleen. Um, next up, we're going to have a little bit of a conversation about activism because we've talked about creating within the LGBTQ plus community, but what we wanted to also draw attention to were the activism that seems to go hand in hand with that
2: yeah I mean I've always seen um, I don't separate art and activism out I think um spoken word is social activism, Mm. artivism, and that we use, particularly people like Ollie and I, we use our poetry, our music, or whatever shows we're creating as a way of generating social change, of kind of provoking some sort of response, whether that's love and support, or whether it's, you know, Mm. whether it's some more kind of um, a challenge to everybody. Um, But there are also some amazing um organisations out there like Sisters on Cut I did a, a recent fundraiser for. They raised seven thousand pounds and that was for um uh LGBTQ and GRT communities for Kill the Bill. Um I think Sisters on Cot are a really great organisation yeah, um, yeah. to get involved with. Um what about you, Ollie? Well I, I did have a
3: single uh, the first single from Night Sweats and Fever Dreams I did for uh, the Terence Higgins Trust who've helped me yes. over the years raised a few hundred pounds for them um, but more recently, um, because Still Life, my next album, the focus is on nature and the environment. And it's about, it's not just still life as in like a painting. It's that there is still life, but we need to fight to preserve it. So um, Mishkin, my collaborator on that from the band Birdied's Baby, she's um, working with Extinction Rebellion. And she really wants to get me involved uh, there. So I'll do... Um, um, so that's the plan. Um, we've, we've got it's, it's coming out next spring. So, so I plan to get involved, and um, and also hopefully Extinction Rebellion might want to use some of the songs um, mm. on some of their campaigns. That's my my hope. Um, but the, the the themes within the album are not all directly um, about the environment. There's a song called Refugee, which I'm um, uh, uh, writing as a duet with. Um, the uh, Klezmer musicians Merlin and Paulina Shepard. I've played with Merlin before. He's a fantastic clarinetist and his wife Paulina is just the most astonishing uh, vocalist. She sings in uh, Russian um, and um, I'm leaving space, uh, recording that next month and leaving space for Paulina to, to, to sing her parts in, in, in Russian. And I'm thinking that could be a charity single too because it's about mm. displaced uh, displaced people and... Um, there's a lot of that still going on, and that also ties in with nature and the environment. That the more environmental catastrophes we have, the more uh, the Displaced the people. immigration is oh, yeah. there, and refugees are, are, are still, um, is still a global issue.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I think that global <clears throat> aspect is really important. Now we're coming up to Pride as well. We've talked a bit about like the, the over-commercialisation of Pride yeah. and these rainbows everywhere. And one of my problems with the rainbow um, kind of commercialization of Pride is we're not acknowledging that these same companies who are benefiting now from the pink pound Mm. are um, allowing people to be killed or imprisoned Mm. in other countries you know there's an inconsistency and I think like for gay pride when we actually happen I'd like to see a lot of rainbow flags but I'd like to see a lot Palestinian flags at the same time that we start making connections between different oppressions you know because you know we're everywhere yeah, right absolutely
3: solidarity.
1: And you see this kind of realised on social media a lot of the time. But um, a lot of the but these that this idea of a of a unified solidarity across oppressed communities, mm. but it seems to be difficult to um, not to maintain to keep that momentum going. I really feel like last summer, where well, we saw myriad protests, yeah. that solidarity between communities is what brought change mm. you know which is started let's not say it brought the change because that involved that would kind of imply that the change was complete and it is not mm. Mm. but it brought so much change that that those kind of coming together of causes and actually going do you know what we're just all going to go out we're all going to walk we're all going to talk about this together as one group of people and then what i thought was really interesting about that was all of a sudden it made a big switch between minority and majority to almost everybody Mm. (laughs) there's more people in a unified group of Mm. minorities than there are in the supposed majority it's kind of what i've always thought and what i think came out of last year do you think
2: some of that that
1: unification came from the
2: fact that we're all living through one of the do you know what I mean? Because when and Black Lives Matter, I live on a, on a, a, a typical East End Street um, <clears throat> and there were people taking the knee outside the front house who you would never have thought mm. a million years would do any of that. And I found that incredibly moving. But I, I still wonder, is it because we're in this joint kind of period of time where every single person is kind of facing the same, same virus? Mm.
3: And there seems to be a uh, greater amount of empathy or understanding of of what we went through with the AIDS uh, epidemic. Um, I know Russell T. Davis' It's a Sin, uh, which, uh, interestingly, I felt like I hit a zeitgeist with my album coming out last year, and then It's a Sin coming out shortly afterwards, which really brought home um, how it did affect um, our communities. Um, And it it was really brushed under the carpet, because uh, unlike COVID, it wasn't something that it, it was something that was seen as
2: affecting only uh, drug addicts and, and gay men, so... Um... Mm. Well, you know, you can see them weaponising the virus. Now suddenly it's, you know, it's the Chinese virus, yes. now it's the Indian variant. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Bolivian, it's Venezuelan. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's the working-class virus.
0: I find that so terrifying. I find <laughs> yeah. that really dodgy, the way they, they call it, the the Chinese virus, that, the, yeah, the Indian... Yeah, it's really it's really toxic and really dangerous and and that, you know, it really feeds um, hate crime and and division Mm -hmm. and blaming, passing the blame. I personally wish people, um, you know, loved each other and loved sort of trying to come together as much as they
2: love saying, I told you so. Mm. But, you know, know, like, I think we saw last summer that, like, people did love that more.
1: Yes. It, yeah. was, it was palpable, and there was a. I felt almost there was a slight. Obviously, with every all the terrible things that were happening, in those moments there was a kind of relaxing of boundaries and a relaxing with, in that environment that I've not experienced before. Like maybe you could maybe equate it to uh, a one like being at a great rave or something. But this was like in the cold light of day. Yeah, you know
2: yeah and remembering that strength in community and that communities come together mm. you know yeah. or, or should do and can do so then you have to ask yourselves why are we being separated are we doing it
3: yeah
2: or is there no. some sheep <laughs> dogs on social media that mm. are keeping us ghettoized and angry We're with each other to, yeah mm. uh, don't let it happen mm.
0: Mm. yeah yeah there's this is kind of real i'm all right jack thing mm. going on with covid which i found which I'm really uncomfortable with, Mm -hmm. Um, this kind of idea that if you haven't been touched by it or if you don't know anyone that's been sick, or then, you know, you kind of... It hasn't touched me, so why should I care? Mm. And I'm finding that really... It's a really bad taste, I think. Really? Yeah. All right. um. It shouldn't have to
2: happen to you for it to matter to you. Exactly, and that's a really mm. good. That's what we say about all of these issues. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Mm.
0: Yeah, so, so here's a question that was I was thinking about on the way here. So allies, I consider myself a good ally, but what, what more can I do? And how, how can you be a good ally? And how do we support each other? Have you got any kind of advice or any suggestions I for mean, me and for, and for our listeners?
2: I mean, I think, I think just living... Truthfully and empathetically, is the best way to be an ally for any cause. Just keep mm. being you, keep questioning on it. And you know, you're um, um, a very incredible author. Thanks, I've got two copies of your book. Have you? Yeah, I've got one in each copy. Oh, no, you're making me crush. <laughs> um, and keep doing that because that representation, that reaching out across communities is what. You know, it's the same question for all of us. How do we best support one another?
3: Mm. Yes.
2: To write,
0: uh, yeah, to with Mrs. Death, Mrs. Death, to write um Wolf as non-binary mm. was a, was oh, yeah. a great challenge. I mean, to write an entire book with no pronouns. Talk about making it stretch. harder on myself. But it seemed important to me to I've, write Wolf that way.
3: Yeah, we. Uh, I mean, I've known non-binary people for for a while now, and I've never seen them uh, represented in literature like that. And I was. I was really, really impressed and, and touched by that. I consider myself non-binary. I don't enforce the pronouns, but,
2: but yeah. I, it's how I feel. Yeah. yeah. That's how you do it. <laughs> That's how you do it.
1: And it kind of brings us quite nicely back, talking about allyship, to um, Disarm Hate, the album. Um, is there anything more that you'd like to add about that before as we come to the end of this really great show?
4: Um, there's a, currently a public call out for audio submissions. Uh, the deadline is midnight tomorrow, uh, and that's just inviting anybody to respond either to the Disarm Hate documentary, to the Orlando tragedy, or just being a member of the LGBTQ community. So that's an audio submission that's uh, the deadline's tomorrow at midnight. Later in the summer, there'll also be a written submission linked to the workshops. Um, but look, for me, just the most important thing was just creating a space for people to respond, and, and, and as an ally, listening to people. Uh, who don't have the same privileges as you is the most effective way for me to understand your privilege and gain empathy and i think empathy like joelle said that's the absolute most important thing and poetry is the best way to gain empathy in my opinion
1: and i wanted to kind of i mean you mentioned it earlier but it struck me um we were talking a little bit about it off air and it was um also uh that the album's wonderful, and the end product's fantastic. I'm sure lots of people are going to get a lot from it and enjoy it. But actually, it was not a straightforward road to get the funding to get it out there. You had to knock on the, you had to knock on the door a couple of times.
4: Yeah, a little bit, which I was uh, I was surprised at, to be honest. Um, like I'd done so much, I'd put so much hard work into it. Um, I'd contacted all 16 poets in November before the first bid. I'd done research. I'd made sure that the poets were from. Uh, that represented different communities trans bisexual mm. lesbian stri- like cis, um, and so when I put the bid in, bid in and it wasn't I, not that I, would, that I feel entitled but like this project is the best thing I've ever thought of mm. and I was I was annoyed, and I spoke to someone at the Arts Council and sort of said rather politely what the what the fuck are you doing yeah. <laughs> um, right and yeah. and and resubmitted the bid unfortunately it was successful but it, I just I just I couldn't not put something out like this. Um, I couldn't not create that space. I just I, So I'm very pleased that they did fund me in the end.
3: Oh, fantastic. Yeah, well Brilliant. done, well really? done. Brilliant.
0: So just to recap, um, um, what's the label? nymphs and thugs and when's it released the 12th of june a Uh, week today and what do do people type into their google they google
4: disarm hate poetry just google disarm hate poetry it's the five year anniversary of orlando so like obviously that's bigger and more important like it's more it's really important that everybody whether you're lgbtq or an ally or whatever everybody needs to acknowledge that anniversary um but yeah disarm hate poetry Good. Thanks. Thank you.
1: All right, now we have... Um, Sina was quite insistent about this song being included. Yay! Is it my song time? It is your song. Do you want to introduce it? Yeah, this
0: is my favourite gay song. Yeah. This is Relaxed by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. an exciting song i love that song it's just as exciting to me today as it was the day it was released i do love it it is fantastic as frankie goes to hollywood relax okay we're coming to the end of our show all is left to say is to say thank you to ollie spleen thank
8: you it's been wonderful
0: thank you to joelle taylor thank you so much for having me on amazing thank you to my beautiful friends amma rose mcknight
1: abrams
0: amma rose abrams
1: Rose
0: McNight, Abraham. I know. I can't... Dow She's this, forgotten sorry, me. Sorry, the Frankie Goes Hollywood's gone to my head. Did too much poppers in the break. And and. Uh, and uh, Matt, Matt Abbott. And and what's your name, Abbott Matt? Yes. Uh, okay. Should we go to the pub?
1: Let's go to the Thanks pub. For Thanks for listening. Tune in. Third of July is our next show. Um, check out our socials at Roaring Twenties Radio on
4: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Roaring Twenties Radio.
1: Thanks, Matt. Uh, Yeah, and yeah, see you next time. Bye. Bye. See you next time. Bye. Bye.